right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with man Kevin Bird, Willie B, and today it's all about thermal management with a fantastic company that's still family-owned and operated. We'll be talking to our buddy Steve from Heat Shield Products. And Bird, you and I have both dealt with, you know, the, the thermal management fight man that is something whether it's the floorboard of your car where radiant heat from you know exhaust temps and so forth kind of wick through it you know wick through the carpet whether it's firewall whether it's you know turbo or boosted cars that is a constant and aggressive battle you got to address oh there's so many aspects to it i mean first of all just safety right are you going to boil your brake fluid you know out of your master cylinder or something else so that you're not going to be able to stop and you're going to smash your car or you're going to catch it on fire, right? You're going to burn through some wires, a harness that's by or something like that. So, I mean, pure safety. And then then you can start working yourself into uh, convenience and comfort, right? I'm not melting my shoe because I got the header right there to all the way to making horsepower, right? If I can keep heat out of certain places because, you know, other places are just generating tons of it, like a thermonuclear plant. Sure. You know, when you're making thousand horsepower, thousands of horsepower, you don't want that heat going where you don't want it and losing horsepower, right? Losing performance. So there's so many aspects of doing it right. And the, the key is, you know, understanding some of those fundamentals, right? How does heat actually work? How does it transfer from one thing to another? And what's the smartest, simplest, cheapest way of, of kind of blocking that off and and keeping it, you know, thermal management, doing what I want with it? Yeah, I think everybody's first fight with that comes in the form of um, vapor lock, you know, that's one of those first yeah. lessons that you get taught really quick. Uh, vapor lock where the gas boils, you know, and burns off before it ever gets, you know, to, to the combustion chamber. Before it ever gets, you know, sometimes you do it in the intake. Sometimes it'll do it in the bowls of the carburetor. Sometimes in the line as it's, you know, trying to get to the injector or, or you know, most traditionally the carburetor because of lower pressure. But you see that as kind of your first battle in most cases with any sort of thermal management, right? That was at least that was my first one. Vapor lock. Yeah, and and it, and it helps to start thinking about where heat's coming from because obviously we think about hot exhaust and maybe a hot cylinder head and you know some of those metals and whatnot. But you got the tarmac, right? Yeah, you got yeah. black asphalt, especially in those southern states, right? Just right up underneath your uh, you know your fuel lines and your fuel tank, and even cycling all that fuel up and then back again right because you got a lot of sure uh, heats it up pressure regulators right you're just heating that you know 
uh, gasoline as it goes to the engine compartment, gets warm and goes back to the tank, sits there under the tarmac, you know, so think about where all those heat locations are. And then you got to think about, you know, how to correct them, how to stabilize it for what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Something I saw in an early hot rod was a cool can where a guy had taken a coffee can and thrown copper lines in it and it spun it from the inside, right? And he had his gas pushed through there and he'd shove it full of ice on hot summer days yeah. to keep, you know, keep that charge cooled off so he wouldn't vapor lock in his hot rod. You know, old school tricks, you know, were kind of, remember you used to be told put, uh, what was it, uh, clothespins. People say put clothespins yeah, 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 on your fuel line. You'd see old hot yeah. rodders actually hang clothespins off their fuel line. You'd be like, what are you doing? Is that I don't even know if that really works, but you know I've heard that before for sure. I tried that too, man, because I had a, a '67 Mustang. It was just a little straight six car growing up, and uh, you know it kept like not running uh, periodically. And so it was, am I getting uh, you know heat soak in the fuel? And you try a couple of different things, like, uh, and then it ended up being you know the ignition box that would occasionally go out. But man, I you know somebody <laughs> told me to stick some clotheslines. I'm like 16 years old. I'm like. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Stick them on there. Okay, you know? why not? <laughs> you know, if, it, if I can just try it out and, you know, eliminate one error and try to find the correct thing to fix. You yeah, know? that's but. funny. We could do a whole podcast one day on car hacks that don't work <laughs> yeah yeah i know i've tried a few yeah i might have invented a few too but, uh, exactly well look man well, we'll take a break now when we come back steve from heat shield products and just some amazing things that he has come up with he's really next leveled you know that company and what they've done for all things thermal management is is really kind of cool you sit back and you go wow man that was a great idea and we'll have to ask him what his best sort of item what's the best skew that he's ever you know proud to have his name attached to or something he created it kind of was a, a big shock as far as numbers went or performance went so when we get back more with steve more with bird it's the two guys garage podcast thanks for being here It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. We're talking thermal management, where to direct the heat, where to deflect the heat, where you want things cool at, and where you need things hot at. And dude, I'll tell you, Bird, that is more of a science than ever before, especially in today's cars and builds. Oh, man, I tell you. And, and uh, you know, it has a little bit of realism for me as far as heat management for body heat. Like, because I grew up in Florida my whole life, I never had a real coat. <laughs> I never knew what a real coat was. I moved to Detroit, Michigan. You know, my first winter, it's like, you know, five degrees outside. And you're figuring it out pretty damn fast. Like, what do you need? And, you know, when you think about a coat, right, it's keeping heat in, but you got a couple layers and they're doing different things, right? So you got that windbreak, right? You're just trying to break the wind and that is huge. So you got a windbreak, which is kind of one layer. You know, then you got that insulation that's in there, right? That's kind of keeping your air gap. Right. So that's, you know, maintaining the, the difference in temperature from the outside of that air gap to inside. And then there's fitment. Right. So if you have a loose coat, you're going to get air up in there. Right. So yeah. you need something that fits you tight enough to kind of hold that warmth that you've kind of collected in there, the warm air that you've made with your body. And that's the same things you got to think about. Right. With your, your heat shielding. Right. Because you've got, you know, convection. That's where you've got, you know, heated air. So your furnace in your house typically is you're heating the air and then pumping it around and then you feel that warm air, right? Then you got conduction, which is when things are touching. And you don't always have that situation in a vehicle so much. I mean, you don't want parts touching, they're usually banging and rubbing, but 
Uh, yeah, but I'm definitely not liking to touch him when we're driving out on test drives. That's right. That's right. But typically what you have in a vehicle you're trying to manage is radiation, right? And that's yeah. the same thing that you're getting from the sun. There's no air between here and the sun, right? I mean, not 50 miles past, right? But yeah. it's radiation, and that is huge. And if you think about radiation, a lot of times it's just getting something between you and the radiation. Like you could sit in front of a campfire a little bit too close, and it feels pretty hot, yeah. right? And you're, you're sweating. You could take a piece of paper and put it between you and the radiation, and you know it hit, hit that piece of paper, and, and you feel like you're in the shade. So a lot of times just getting something between the hot source and what you're trying to keep cool with an air gap in there, right? Right. It's kind of a thing to do. So figuring out what the layering scheme is, man, can really go a long way. Well, everybody who burns a spark plug wire on a header understands exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, conduction. <laughs> yes. right? We play a game of convection, conduction, radiation. Which well, you one know, is you it, get right? close to it. You also radiation because you can get close to that header and feel that heat wicking off of it. You're like, I don't want to go anywhere near that. Um, yeah. Well, look, it, it is essential, but I will tell you, the North Face breakdown was awesome. You know, the whole jacket. But I got a coat made out of a buffalo. I don't know about layers or anything like that, man. It's just the warmest thing ever. It takes a little yeah. muscle to grunt around in it, but it's awesome. It scares little children, too. <laughs> it does look like a piece. Well, let's talk to Steve, man. Bring him on from Heat Shield Products. And this really started out like a family business, right? It was your grandfather or something like that? It was started by my dad and my grandpa. My grandfather was a farmer from Nebraska. He moved out west. Uh, actually, he started to work for a, uh, I think it was after World War II, he settled out west, settled in Arizona. Um, they, the government bought their farm for a munitions dump. That's part of the, like, the huge munitions dump in Nebraska. That's where the high family farm is now. And uh, he, he worked for a company. He was a diesel mechanic. Then he went to go work for the company that bought where he was at was a uh, what do I want to say? A genuine parts company, Napa. So basically my grant worked his way up through Napa. They kind of forced him into an early retirement and he wasn't done. He wasn't ready to quit. He could have retired, but he had that Midwest mentality. So he went to a work for a company called Turbo City based in, I think they're in Santa Ana. And they dabbled a little bit in insulation. And my grandpa was an outside salesman for it. So when he was out and about making a sales call, he, he always did well with the insulation but then Turbo City decided to pull the ripcord on the insulation not too long after, you know, he started moving it. I think it was just they wanted to focus on what they were doing, which was building turbos or remanufacturing turbos and building them and that kind of thing. Right, so right. my dad went or so my grandpa went to my dad, who happened to have a Napa store at the time and uh, said, hey, Bruce, I think we can sell this. Let's start a company. And that's kind of kind of how it started back in 1985. So I think it was January, I want to take two or three, second or third that they officially opened his heat shield. We're tentatively doing things a little bit before that. So it's even longer than 85, but 85 is when it's official. Well, you have blown this company up. And I mean, it covers everything you could possibly need to shield something, you know, whether it's hot and you want to keep it, you know, off of something that's cold, where you want to keep the heat in it. I mean, you have everything from wraps and tapes and shields to stick on things and sleeves for intake manifolds exhaust for turbos for lines for hoses i mean it's infinite you guys got to check out that website because yeah I mean, man. especially as we're building these horsepower gains like we've never seen before and we're packing in more and more horsepower more and more heat uh it just becomes 
so much more critical that you're not melting down the entire car. Yeah, Bird. Well, you know, how many times have we seen on the TV show people come in with melted plastic and, and, and that type scenario, right? But, but before actually we get into that, Steve, I, I got to ask you, Bird, if your dad came to you and said, I want to start a company, hey, I would tell my dad, dad, shut up, you're drunk. <laughs> like, would you trust your dad to, to, I don't know, to start a company with you, Bird? I don't know, man. I don't know, right? <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, my dad was a little, you know, he was a school teacher, you know, he, he had his little biology and his rocks and stuff, you know, I'm like. There's a certain amount of trust uh, there for sure. <laughs> no doubt, but no, they sure nailed it, man, I tell you. It, it, it is, it's crazy how it all, how it all started and how it's evolved. But like you said, we've had to adapt because cars have adapted. You know, everybody is either taking I mean, Bird, as a powertrain engineer, you know the higher exhaust gas temperatures to meet emission standards and those types of things are jamming more power, more hotter power in smaller compartments. So it is a thing of need. It is a absolute something that's absolutely necessary, even OEM level, um, custom builder level, just the daily weekend cruiser guy level. You know, it's it's all changed. Gas has changed. Gas burns hotter now than it used to, you know? Well, I think, you know, um, there's two aspects of it. So one is you need the, the, the product the materials, right? You need the shiny surfaces, the things that can handle the heat. You need the insulation stuff or whatever. And that's one thing. I mean, you could buy it in rolls or whatnot, but what, what you guys have done is taken materials and actually made, you know, like form fit clothing, to be, you know, kind of as an example, right? So you have things that go right on your spark plug and boop, you pop it right on. You you have sleeves of different sizes and diameters and thicknesses. You can just slide right over a fuel line so you don't get vapor lock or, you know, boil fluids or whatever, like brake lines. So you guys have like really helped, you know, drive these material options and put it into like, you know, specific applications and places that people can put it. You know, I just noticed you got one for your, you know, brake master cylinder. And, and, and it's, it's awesome because I was just laying out yeah. on my, you know, I've got a little G2350 Mustang project, you know, 65. And I'm like, God, I'm going to route this header. You know, if I route it over here, it's going to go right by the brake booster. And then boom, I look on your site and pff, there it is, right? <laughs> like this perfect little example of, oh, I'll just buy that and I can do exactly what I want with my header, you know? And a lot of that is... Uh you know, racing is obviously the best way to test what we do. We, we do so many of the, I mean, I make a barbecue heat shield now. So you guys in the cold weather, like you can use your smoker all night and, and do that. But all that technology started in the racing and that's where that master cylinder idea came from recently. Like I'm going to say about two or three weeks before SEMA, actually might, might be four weeks before SEMA, you know, and, and it's the first time that I've, I've had this request. And we just decided, hey, you know what? We're going to make a, a heat shield for the master cylinder. We'll have a little bit more detail and stuff added to PRI coming up uh, this week. But it seemed it was kind of thrown together at the last minute. We're going to fine-tune the design still. But, yeah, the general idea is, I mean, it's awesome to go fast, but it's even better if you can stop. You know, <laughs> you're not <laughs> – that, that, that works a little bit better so you can keep the, the, the brake fluid from boiling. That's a huge, that's a huge deal. And a lot of times there's either – turbo or a header right next to where the turbo or right next to where the master cylinder or the brake lines are. So um, right now we have it for a, a Willwood. I think the early Delcos and we're just going to keep adding more and more as we get, you know, more cylinders. 
Right. Well, you know, Bert, you and I have talked about this a, a number of times, but you have to nowadays more than ever, I think, before you have to include thermal management as a part of the build design from the very get-go, like where you're going to send the heat, deflect the heat, what you want to keep cool, uh, and what you want to you know, protect in, in all variations. So that has to nowadays be incorporated because the way ECMs, how much plastic is incorporated in builds, what connects it, lines, wiring, all those things that are affected by heat and their performance thereof, you have to include that as part of the build, I think now more than ever before, especially with all the power adders. Oh, I totally agree with you. I mean, and that's an ideal situation. So you're going to start a build and you're going to, you know, think about how you're going to route things and where you're going to shield things. Sure. Uh, but the nice thing is um, there's a lot of unforeseen, you know, when you're building or you've already got a build or you're upgrading or something and you just, you don't have any options. You, you check out heat show products and you go, well, I can sliver something in here. I can slide, I can wrap yeah. this. I can put something shiny over here and reflect the heat off of that. So, I mean, ideally you go in from the very beginning with kind of a robust plan. But uh, what's cool is, you know, guys like Steve, they've got you covered when uh, you might have missed something, right? Hey, hey, Steve, what would you say is the biggest, like, wow surprise that you have seen over the years, I know for a fact there's certain things that you have designed and created that add a lot of performance, give you a lot of horsepower, like real definitive, you know, power at the rear tire results. And uh, I, I've tested some of those. What were some of the biggest, like, holy moments that you've ever created as a company in person? Yeah, it's, it's weird because originally, like, it started off as more of a comfort or reliability thing, but then you can really see there are ways to make performance. The biggest one was that intake manifold shield. They retail, I think you can buy them on Summit for about 70 bucks. The very Yeah, yeah, these are cool. Yeah, they're super cool, application specific, universal kit. The one that just scared the hell out of me was the very first guy who did it. It was Paul's Automotive Engineering out of Illinois. Um, he had a single turbo track car. It was a Trans Am car. And you know, I said, Hey, I need you to, you know, do a dyno for me. I'm going to send this to you, you know, cause he's all about trying to get more power. He's competitive. You know, his son's very competitive. They, they want to win. And he said, Hey, I got 13, you know, I picked up 13 horsepower. I'm like, Hey, that's pretty cool for something that's retails for about 70 bucks. Um, that was pretty awesome. And it didn't really set in, in my head until two years later at the SEMA show and a guy who was a custom engine builder, and I was, I was discussing the product with him and he's like, Hey dude, he's like, you know what? He's like, that is the best dollar per horsepower out of anybody in this building. And seam is huge. And I, that's when the light bulb, I guess, went off again. So then I started to really push it, like really pursue it. And we had anti-venom down in Florida. He had done a C5 vet with all, all that was done to was basically bone stock had a, Aftermarket intake, long tube set of headers. So I'm assuming they adjusted the exhaust because you can't just throw on a set of short, you know, long tube headers and that. So I'm sure the exhaust was changed a little bit. Made a pull and then, you know, got the car temperature, made a pull, put the intake manifold shield on there. And he got 17 at the wheels. And that kind of blew my mind. And that's when I demanded I need to see the graph, the before and after. And that's the one that we use. They had also done a uh, Gen 5 Camaro after that and picked up, he said he picked up 20 at the wheels. I never saw the dyno graph. So we say 
17 and three quarters. That's the biggest gain we've seen so far. And it's really, it's a pain in the butt to take off the intake manifold. But if you're going to get 17 at the wheels, to me, that's worth it. Or 13 in the case of the Coyote, single turbo Coyote. That's what, you know, the first one was. And then the other big one. So it's, it's, it's nuts. We had a guy, uh, SVD performance. They took a brand new GT350, drove it out a lot, put their, you know, vinyl graphics on it hit a time-lapse video and they picked up nine at the wheel. So it's, it's crazy what it can do um, just for a little bit of money, how you can gain power. And yep. if you think of tune on it after that, right, you could get even more power. That's just, that's not even adjusting the tune. That's just putting it on and picking it up. Now, is that the, the heat shield stick on material that, that you're using for those intakes? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. So, I mean, for you guys at home, uh, I mean, think of it like, you know, super thick aluminum foil with, you know, dimples and ripples on it. You know, so it looks shiny. It's aluminum. It's easily shaped, but on the backside of it, it's got, you know, insulation material. So you might think, oh, that's cotton or fiberglass, you know, something like, you know, fiberglass, maybe uh, not quite a quarter inch thick, but it's awesome because uh, you can wrap it on anything. I mean, I, on any vehicle I do, I'm wrapping the tunnel and anywhere that, you know, headers or something hot's going to go by. And it's got reflective layer to, you know, bounce back that radiation. But because it's offset with the insulation material, now you got technically an air gap to, you know, your firewall or whatever it is, the intake manifold in this case. Uh, so it's got everything you kind of need for that heat shield. And it weighs nothing. It's super easy to peel and stick. You can cut, you know, pie shapes out of the edges so you can wrap around and curl. Yeah, form and mold it anywhere and everywhere you want. I've used it on so many cars. I've seen 14 at the rear tires on it. It is an amazing product. And you're thinking about performance out of it. It just makes sense when you really think about it. It just took Steve and his company to think about it, right? What are you doing? You're keeping the inlet charge cool. Cooler means denser. Denser means you could add more you know, spark to it, more timing. So you think about the performance you're gaining out of that with, with one of the easiest easiest ways to pick up horsepower any hot rodder muscle car guy race car guy whatever you want you want those you know those sneaky easy ways to gain horsepower right and this is a great way to do so at a price that you can't beat i mean you can't touch it yeah that stick on heat shield it's like that uh, hot sauce commercial you got to put that bleep on everything (laughs) (laughs) so steve when you're sitting there and you're seeing results like this. What are some of the things that, you know, you look at and, you know, you, you can't believe the difference in performance efficiency. You can't believe the amount of help that a product that your, your design or has your family's name on it or your company's name on it, how it's changed the game a little bit. I think the thing that always surprises me is the never ending application for it. It's, it's almost like uh, the WD-40, right? There's, there's you know, what, what, I don't know how many uses WD-40 has, but it's, you know, everybody builds things differently. Everybody puts things differently. A, a lot of times, some people think about things in advance. Some people think about things way too far down the road. Fabrication's already done and, oh, crap. Hey, I'm, I'm melting my shoe or whatever. <laughs> um, it 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 amazes me how many different ways you can use it. Um, it amazes me when you have good information. We're, we're, we, if anything, we kind of underrate some of our temperature ratings for products because I want to give you what the 
service temperature is. That's what we're going to tell you. Like this product is good for this. Um, we're not going to give you like the peak temperature that doesn't help us sell more, but I will feel more comfortable because you're, you're going to get better results if you know how the product works. I think educating people is a big thing. Um, if you properly educate somebody, somebody can come up and do some pretty amazing things to keep their cars cool. Um, I'm just amazed when I see it on somebody's car and how they used it because I obviously have a certain way, a certain bias, certain perspective just upon my my own experience of how things are used. And then when you see somebody like, oh man, hey, I put this on a, I mean, that's another way I got a product I use. Somebody put it on a oil catch can because it helps, you know, help the oil cool down quicker, get it out of suspension, you know, so it keeps the the catch can makes it work better. We can improve the efficiency on anything. If you have seen the underneath of my Corvette, which puts down 1260 at the rear tires uh, on a big single turbo, I have so much layers of heat shield products under there because it's crucial to what the car and how the car performs. I mean, it's absolutely a critical component, you know? I'm getting as hot of exhaust as I can down to, you know, to the turbo. You know, I'm using that power and, you know, turn things up. I got so much wrap and shield and, and slivers, every wire, every plug, my wiring harness, spark plugs, you know, I mean... Everything is protected, covered, and shielded with, with what you provide. I probably got 10, 10 and a half miles of heat shield products <laughs> under one car, but man, it works. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I've got my LS uh, BMW M3, and those M3s are so tiny. So everything is more compact, it's all tighter. And, uh, you know, I'm, I made my headers, so I've got, you know, four pipes running literally right from my foot all the way up to my hip. And the car is so narrow, right? You're you're damn near touching that tunnel. And I'm thinking, my God, I'm going to melt myself, you know, like every time I drive this car. But, you know, I put in a couple good layers in there and the right type of materials and placement. And, man, you can put your hand on there. You can't even feel it's warm. It's, it's not even warm, right? It's same temperature as the rest of the car. It's amazing if you do it right and use the right materials and right locations, like what you can get away with. And, Steve, we can't have bird melting. He's like milk chocolate. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you can't have him melting, especially not in the seat. Yeah, up in Detroit, he's like Frosty the Snowman right now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could use some of that header heat right now. I just need a switch. You need some switchable products from summer to winter. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Hey, man, we appreciate all your time, Steve. Where do people find out more about you socially? Give us the, the, the hit list. Okay, so it's uh, heatshieldproducts.com. That's the website. And then it's always at Heat Shield Products. You'll find us anywhere. YouTube. YouTube's got the best information, best videos, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Hey, Merry Christmas to you both. Hey, we appreciate Steve from Heat Shield Products on Two Guys Garage Podcast. And Bert, you know, man, thermal management is critical, right? Thermal management is one of those things where if you don't have it right, it could ruin your game. It could ruin your track time. It could ruin just driving from A to B. Yeah, if you're lucky, you just send your wire that's not really that critical. You go home and you fix it. If you're unlucky, your whole, the whole car goes to the ground, you know? Yeah. Or you're just burning up stuff that's super critical, like your brakes. You name it, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And there's no reason to live life like that, right? You have all the things that you need so that your your shoe's not on fire and melting, you know, while you're trying to drive. Like, everything is like TikTok. Right, right. Going just, you know, <laughs> precision machinery. Ain't nobody got time to have their shoes on fire, bird. Anybody got no time way. for that? You would be making laps. <laughs>
That's you know, right. I've come back. You know, I I use their Turbo Wrap. I use all kinds of. You know, I use a bunch of the different products under my Corvette, and I've done something. Um, it's basically a a highway that we shut down out here in the mountains. It's called Central City Hill Climb, and it's four lanes wide. Well, an afternoon of you know speeds in the 180, 190 range, climbing up altitude. You know, I'm telling you, man, my entire turbo was just white. <laughs> it was just oh yeah. Phew, you know, and it's so critical to any build, but I was able to do that because I use so much of his products, you know, and it, it truly is a torture test. The longer you can stay out there, the better, but you got to have that management to do so. Yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely critical. And most, most vehicles that you drive, you buy an OE car and it's got all that stuff in there. It's all thought about, and you'll see it. Sometimes, you know, you see uh, rocker covers now are made out of plastics and intakes are made out of plastic. And sometimes you'll just see a little strip of silver tape. Right. And it's just enough to reflect the heat back, right? To keep it from, you know, hitting the melting temperature, whatever degradating temperature you're gonna hit. And it's it's all buried in there. You know, you've got heat shields around catalytic converters and exhausts and all that stuff. You know, but this is the way you can do it for yourself, especially when you're getting into customizing and turning up the wick. Yeah, man. And if you haven't ridden in that car, that rat rod, that old muscle car, that old shoebox Chevy, where it's, you know, 90 degrees outside, it's a middle of the afternoon in August, temps hitting, you know, three numbers, and there's just radiant heat coming off the tunnel of your best friend's hot rod muscle car, uh, you know, a rat rod. Are you even a car guy? <laughs> like, if you haven't experienced that, are you? can you really truly consider yourself a car guy? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? We're allowed to be a little bit plush these days, you know? We're allowed to take care of ourselves. Like, I can get into that little BMW of mine. Uh, you know, it's 500 plus horsepower. Um, you know, back in the day, that would be kind of a, a sweat box. But no, nah, man, yeah. you can get in that car and oh. you can touch any surface. It feels just like you, you know, pick something off a showroom floor. I am absolutely thankful for that technology. I just, you know, pay tribute to all us guys who did know about that back in the day. We didn't have products like that. And we all had that one buddy with a muscle car, like 67 Camaro. that had, you know, a big block in it and open headers right under the floor plan that was mostly rusted out, you know. And he laid down some carpet on it. You're like, Jesus, man, I'm sweating. I'm dying in here. <laughs> we all have that friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? what? Dude, we were all that friend. That's how we yeah, all grew exactly. up. You know, we just got <laughs> Got a little bit smarter each year, you know? Well, look, make sure you check out our show. It's weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listing episodes. Also now available in streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Steve, and his entire family from Heat Shield Products. My man, Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B., our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget our website, twoguysgarage.com. There's so much cool content on there to check out. Share your thoughts with us. We're on all the social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Two Guys Garage and Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's a copyright 2019 of Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Share it, don't steal it. There you go, because we like our Kool-Aid. We'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage Podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Brenton Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.